You are listening to Super Yacht Radio. Welcome back to the crew mess. We have a lovely group joining us today from here in Mallorca, uh, Atlante Group. Before I get into too much, I actually will hand over to you, Steve, to give a little bit of an introduction to those who don't know Atlante and kind of explain what you do. No problem. Good afternoon to you all. Well, basically, Atlante uh, is, is, formed, is a company that uh, takes care of a lot of marine consulting, uh, diagnostics, um, and various other services on board, on board yachts. And one uh, subject we're going to talk about today, or the division, is our health and safety division. Uh, it's been uh, running for many, many years, uh, basically taking care of various assessments and tests for, for potable water, as an example, recreational water, air quality, and many others. And more recently, due to the, well, on, on the back of the pandemic, we've decided to elaborate on that and um, centralize all of the, these health-related um, services and assessments and include um, some san- you know, sanitation for the, uh, for the COVID and also some testing. So, uh, so we created a, a risk, a, a basically a, a certificate that can be posted on board, like you would see in a, in a restaurant or a, or a hotel, for example, which actually lists the um, assessments that have taken place and the status of, of those of those tests and results. So basically, we created the health risk management certificate, which uh, we can talk about in more detail. And basically, the, the, the vessel will choose, select which services and, and assessments will be included in the certificate. It can be one, it can be all. And then they'll be periodically reviewed and uh, and that can give obviously gives confidence to to the owners and guests that uh, duty of care is being taken seriously, and also we're hoping it's going to help when for movement of vessels when they're moving in and out of ports and uh, marinas to uh, show that uh, measures have been taken to ensure that uh, the vessel is safe and healthy. Well, I think that's one of the you know interesting points of our industry being such an international industry and um, how standards, how countries have managed with the lockdown, how they're managing with the de-escalation differs even within Europe. Um, So to have some sort of standard uh, that at least is clear what what we need to achieve, I think it can be very helpful at the moment because really the biggest issue right now for both crew and guests and owners coming on board is how do I do this and remain safe for everybody? Well, could, could I ask Steve, uh, I think it's a, it's a great idea um, that you know you can go along to a boat or, or something in the industry and there's a certificate of, you know, we have done due diligence and, and take this hygiene aboard. Could I ask two things? One, I think it's, it's, it's a very reassuring thing, Steve, to see that there will be some sort of certificate, that a certificate of cleanliness, if I may, or of hygiene or due diligence. I, I was going to ask two things. One was, is there, you know, did you have to go to, I suppose in America, we hear about the CDC or one of these European bodies to say, okay, because a pandemic is a new thing, what should we be asking people to do in order to declare themselves clean? And the second thing I was going to ask is, is there a global uh, effort that people have a standardized 
cleanliness level, like a Michelin star that you see it and you go, okay, that adheres to this global industry-wide thing. That would be very nice to have, but currently that doesn't exist. All of the uh, tests, assessments and procedures are, that we carry out are all in line with, with uh, government bodies, World Health Organization and various other, various other uh, health-related bodies. And basically, we're, we're correlating the information, centralizing it, and we're, you know, it's being reviewed by a number of, uh, of bodies and organizations. And we would, you know, we hope it's going to be, you know, recognized, certainly European and perhaps. perhaps. Uh, we've been seeing for many years that in, in the marine industry, especially in the super industries, we are normally the last to get to things. And while there are lots of industries doing things, we tend to come the latest, but obviously this this is, I was going to say was because it's already been done, but this is mandatory for us. We, uh, the core business of our, of our company is traveling in different shipyards all around the world. So we couldn't stop. So we had to do something to, to stop the industry from falling apart. And I think we managed to do it. We, I think we've already had several boats that are have been benefiting of this that we can call a passport and they've started work and they've cleared and they're now working in the shipyard and we've verified that everybody's clean, the ship is clean, etc. So it's actually working. That was the whole idea, not to paralyze the industry. Yes, exactly. Indeed. Well, I, I can only imagine there's actually an, a number of different um, steps you need to look at. I mean, first is sort of the health of the crew and then uh, pretty much kind of going through the super yacht itself and its systems. Um, I say this only because I um, was reading, uh, and this is not to distract, but I was reading about in Italy, they discovered in the gray water that the coronavirus was apparent and that um, boats under over 24 meters is one thing. Boats under 24 meters, you have to be very careful in the area around it because it could be transferred. And that's just even in the gray water. Um, so it, could you kind of step us through the kind of uh, procedures you needed to look at um, in order to kind of put this together? Yes, of course. We're very fortunate to have uh, Peter Firth within the company that's uh, a uh, not only a, an engineer of many years, 12 years on board, both motor and sail yachts, but also holds degrees in uh, biochemistry and microbiology. So uh, he'll be perfectly qualified. <laughs> you to got it that. covered then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, here we go. Yeah. Um, the pressure's yeah, on you now. <laughs> interesting point about the grey water. There's also uh, information coming out from the World Health Organization about potable water, your drinking water. Um, the the biggest issue with this this particular pandemic is that it is new and the science is trying to catch up. You know, how long does this thing survive in different environments? Uh, the main issue seems to be on surfaces and contact, um, and the, the virus itself doesn't look like it survives that long in different environments. So the, the main transmission appears to be by surfaces and by um, airborne particles. Mm -hmm. um, when you're looking at water, I think that the point we're, we're trying to make with this this risk management certificate, health risk management certificate, it's in the title, that it's not just this COVID thing that we're looking at right now. Uh, we don't want to take our eye off the ball for all the other potential problems we could have. 
Our industry is very mobile in that boats necessarily move around and they have to transport all the all the uh, facilities that you would expect in, for example, a hotel, but they take it with them. So we have to be very careful that when you're going from one country to another country or from even from one port to another port, that your standards are maintained and you have a good handle on what is happening to your for your water, for your air, for the, the health of the crew, for if there's any particular um, regulations or legislations in the the port that you're traveling to or from that you need to comply with before you move. Um, that's where we're getting to with it with this certificate. Uh, now, if you want me to go into greater depth on the actual water testing, that would take a little bit longer. Um, but if you treat your water properly and you have the proper concentration of uh, treatment chemicals in there, which you should be able to monitor, you're doing as much as you possibly can to, to maintain the health of that water. I think actually here in Spain, if I'm not mistaken, uh, quite early on in the lockdown, the um, Mallorcan government increased the level of chlorine in our water. And you can actually smell that, it as well. Yeah, um, that could be taken as a, a preventative measure. Um, but when you take uh, shore-based water onto uh, sailing vessels or motor vessels, then that's treated again before it goes into the actual system within the, the vessel. So... You may well strip out all the chemicals that have been added uh, from the, the water supply on land, and then you're retreating it on board to your level of quality, which you then distribute around the, the boat. So basically clean the water um, and then start again. And Yeah, you, you, you're stripping out quite a lot of the minerals um, and other things like that, and you will take away the treatment chemicals, for example, the chlorine. Then you're dosing again with chlorine or silver typically, for your whole, uh, for your water system, so that you can maintain it. Because don't forget, again, when you go, you're taking your water treatment plant with you. So it's something that you need to maintain. You you shouldn't really just be taking dock water into the into the vessel and then using that because you know you don't know the standards or the qualities. And yep. moving from port to port, you're going to get a wide variety of chemical and, and biological changes. Um, can I ask? Uh, water is one side. Air, before we get into the kind of crew and the human side of it, um, air purification, um, I mean, I'm kind of wondering how do you address that? I, I certainly have talked to companies who do ozone, which sounds very cool, but I don't know whether that has shown to be effective versus um, something like well, the that's coronavirus. More fabrics and things, isn't it? Well, I mean, essentially, they they close off the the, the room and, and they, they blast, it. blast it with ozone um is there you know procedures that we have to look at in an extra way to what we would have done before you mean like the circulated in, air in the filtration and the purification of air on board as well yeah um with ozone that is a, a perfectly valid treatment for any microorganism so it'll kill bacteria fungus yeast all sorts of things including the virus so that's very effective um, as long as you're not in the room at the same time. Um, that is just, though, at one point in time. As soon as you then open the door, you're starting from zero again. So the treatment of the air ongoing is maintaining the cleanliness of the, the system. Um, so you don't really want particulate matter in your, in, your, um, in your ducting and on the filters of the, the air conditioning. You want to keep it as clean as possible. But we must always remember that these virus particles are incredibly small 
around two or three hundred nanometers. So that's um, very, very tiny and won't necessarily be filtered out unless you get one of the um, uh, medical grade filters that they would use in a, an operating theater, for example. So one of the things that we're, we're looking at is um, um, providing protocols. So if you're exposed to an infectious uh, disease, you can define one area on the vessel where you can isolate someone. And that filtration system would be part of it. You wouldn't want to isolate the filtration, the air filtration system on your isolation area from the rest of the crew that haven't been affected yet, the crew and the guests. Yeah, it's a, it's an area which is is difficult to establish, but cleanliness is really uh, coming down to the, the, the key point in this one. Uh, cleanliness and maintenance and being aware of the, the risks, and then you can um, isolate to a higher level uh, in a different area. So that would be like a quarantine room that you have somebody who's showing symptoms and you move them straight into that, that clean area, that filtered area, area as well? Yeah, and this is a protocol that will be ship-specific because you, you have to define which area can be created like this and um, how how big you want to make the area and uh, what you need to do to make that area an isolation area. And, and again, it's coming back. It's not just for COVID. COVID is in the news um, and it's important and it's a little bit scary. Um, but there are the other illnesses and, and diseases haven't gone away that might be bacteriological as well as the viral. So this sort of protocol should be um, should be around for any vessel that's uh, preparing to preparing to make any voyage anyway. My first thought is um, the uh, freezer in the galley. Um, I think it's a bit harsh to put something <laughs> in the freezer if showing symptoms. Well, I, I I was actually wondering. I mean, super yachts uh, have a very high level of cleanliness normally but um i'm thinking at the moment particularly looking at uh hopefully the emergence of at least a small season of charters um that with the guest changeovers possibly it would have to come up a level of of uh, cleaning and, and hygiene before new guests came on board that the usual kind of protocols of how they would change and clean and whatever may not be sufficient at the moment and possibly they'd need to bring in extra levels of or specialists well there is the option of, of doing a, a vessel disinfection between charters to um, not just clean it but to reassure people uh, I think the the charter may uh, change a little bit in terms of there's less interaction between guests and crew uh, that has to be necessary. And also, um, this has probably been raised before, but you know, there may be a quarantine period, which will be very difficult for the charter for the charter guests. Um, if you're coming into a country to join a boat, there may be a quarantine period before they actually um, get onto the vessel. That would, I think, create some problems. But yeah. the, I agree that the general hygiene on vessels <clears throat> is very high. Uh, it's, a, it's a high quality industry. But there does need to be a little bit extra awareness and probably a, a sensible protocol that people can follow uh, rather than just trying to, you know, make it up as they go along. Yeah. If you establish procedures and you, you establish the, the cleansing of um, uh, not necessarily the, the guests so much, but their, their articles of luggage as they come on board, you keep the separation 
you keep your um, PPE available for when it's necessary, then you've got to minimize the risk of um, uh, any of these mm -hmm. these types of diseases. And I think that's where you have to drive. It's, it's <clears throat> actually minimizing the risk rather than eliminating the risk because that is very, Impossible. very difficult to do. Could I ask Peter, um, I think less so for the owners and guests because they, they tend to join a boat for a couple of weeks and they take their holiday and, um, and off they go. But for the crew, um, going for the new normal, which, which is a term that is on daily use now, the new normal that we're, we're creating, um, the need for this kind of environment, the level of cleanliness and hygiene and air filtration, water filtration, um, especially when you're having guests and, and you, you, you're in that kind of hospitality world that we live in. Is there a danger for the crew who live on this boat pretty much all year round for many of them that they're going to create a, a bug-free environment to the point that their own immune systems will actually start getting weaker because we're no longer exposed to those average bugs that keep our immune system as perky as it normally is. Is, is. is that something we should be concerned about as well, that we're becoming you know, less bug resistant? We're becoming too clean. It's yeah. a very good point, which hasn't been raised. I, I haven't seen that raised very, uh, very much. Um, we naturally have viruses and bacteria all over our skin, which are actually we're effectively protecting us all the time. So the hand washing is cleaning off these bacteria and leaving us a little bit exposed. However, at the moment with this pandemic, it's much more important to keep the cleanliness and keep this um, disease under control than to worry too much about the, the exposure to um, uh, other bacteria and viruses in the air. You will naturally come across them. Um, you will naturally keep your immune system quite healthy by coming across them. However, with this disease, which is so infectious, the, the cleanliness is the way to actually stop this pandemic, I think, um, getting it any worse or, or expanding. So long term, it's always good to have exposure to uh, microorganisms. It will be good for your, your immune system. That's my opinion. Um, However, in the short term, while this is going on, the, the PPE should be in place to try and limit the, the spread of this particular virus until it's under control, yep. and then you can get back to normal. I don't think um, over a period of a, a few weeks or months that your, your immune system is really going hit, to get hit that hard for a long term. Um, no, my, my worry is for boats that, because <clears throat> we're, yeah, realistically, the, this is going to be around for at least another year and a half. Um, mm -hmm. that on a boat where you and I, we, we live on land and you know, as clean as you, you're going to be, we're going to come in contact with stuff. But on boats, it's very easy to create such a sterile enclosure for the crew that after a year and a half or so, um, uh, the, their immune systems will be depleted. Uh, that, that's kind of my, con my concern on that one. Um, but... If you're isolated in a perfectly clean environment for such a long time, that is perfectly possible. But uh, there's, a, there's plenty of things that are airborne. So as soon as yeah. you're, you're stepping outside, if you get on onto the dock, onto land, 
then you are going to be exposed to certain things. You're, you're going to quite naturally breathe things in that are suspended in the air. Um, but staying so, in a completely sterile environment, maybe, but mm. I don't think you'll find it be completely sterile. Can I um, get on to what has been um, a, a part of many discussions, which is about uh, crew testing? Because I think um, mm -hmm. for the average person, it's not entirely clear the, the difference between the two main tests and sort of the pros and cons of both of them. Could you give us a little bit more elaboration about the PCR test and the immunoglobulin and kind of if you're looking yeah, at it, what? Up, it's yeah. Just, yeah, there's a, a lot of information, there's a lot of opinion, there's a lot of sometimes scaremongering about it. Um, and it has to be really uh, directed at the, the the industry that we live in. We don't live necessarily, or the, the crews don't live ashore. Uh, they live in a, a fairly small environment on a vessel which might move around. So it's it's a little bit different. Um, I'll give you a quick snapshot. I don't want to get into great detail on these because this is just a very small part of the, the, the overall hygiene of a mm -hmm. vessel. But we can take it that the PCR, which is looking for the nucleic acid of the virus. And stop me if I get too technical. I can do sometimes. It's <laughs> um, basically the that DNA. looking for the presence of the virus. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's coming from the virus, and that's that's good for early on. Um, it's a, it, it can give you early warnings of exposure to the virus, and you know if it's present uh, in your in your nose or your buccal cavities. Um, and early on is not when you would have an immune response, which is the second test. Um, once the virus has actually infected you, that's when your body starts to produce antibodies. And when your body starts to produce antibodies, they have to uh, it has to ramp up in terms of production, so there are enough for then the antibody test to to be effective. So what you can do is the the PCR test has a certain amount of um, uh, success rate, if you like. Uh, that's very good early on. It can tell you the presence of the the nucleic acid. The immunoassay is really showing you at what stage. Of an infection you might be, whether it's in the actual um, infection stage itself or whether into um, the longer term, hopefully immunity. Um, so it, it can be used as a combination uh, to give you the, the, the full information. It shouldn't, um, ah, it's, it's difficult to to it, get into it, it, no, I, I appreciate that. It, it's too a, much. It's difficult to, to clarify, could, but could essentially, we have a early test which detects the presence of virus and we have a yeah. um, longer test which can detect short-term and long-term um, immune response to the virus. Yeah, it's um, a, another thing we need to look at is also the availability. I mean, if you're uh, onshore, then you have availability to um, medical centers and, and diagnostic labs. If you're in a vessel and you're doing a a transatlantic passage, you're not going to be uh, available to have a, a PCR. Um, you're, you're limited then to just the immunoassay. And, and it comes down to doing everything that you can to try and um, define what this, what the, the symptoms might be of someone that's um, not feeling so well. Um, 
Sorry, it's so, so easy to get too technical on this. So I'm trying to trying to um, keep could it fairly uh, straightforward. Could, could I ask one question about the antibody one, which I think um, concerns many people? Uh, the the uh, COVID nineteen is a coronavirus, as is the yeah. common cold or indeed man flu, which is an even more severe thing. Um, <laughs> is, is, is it possible for the for these antibody tests to discern? what kind of antibody it is, i.e. is the antibody against your common cold, against the more severe man flu, or is it a, an antibody for COVID-19, as they're all part of the coronavirus family? Correct. The antibodies are very, very um, specific molecularly uh, on a, a very tiny basis. They fit a particular, um, it's like a plug and a socket mm -hmm. on uh, on the the actual virus itself they can be very very specific now as long as those very specific antibodies are used it will be um, quite accurate these tests depend on uh, the the sensitivity and the specificity uh, of the the antibodies that are used so they're all uh, they should all be clinically tested to be able to define whether they're, they're picking up the the correct virus or not Okay, so that it is actually very specific to um, what virus you it, have got. It's not just an immune response to any virus. No, it's not just an immune response to any virus. Uh, depending on the, the, the location on the, the um, outer surface of the virus, where that antibody is raised against, uh, that will de determine how specific it is. And... It will be specific to these types of viruses because they're showing that the the outer wall of the virus is different between the, the different coronaviruses. Now, this is shown in the uh, the um, the way it infects people and uh, the the pace at which it does that. Okay. Sorry, so I don't want to get too. No, no, I, and um, <laughs> I don't. I, I would quite happily pick your brains for another five minutes, but we might lose some of the, the audience. But um, <laughs> I, I think, on a very practical level, um, for best advice, I mean, really, the, the big point is either crew coming in or um, guests coming in. And here, for example, in um, Majorca, we will have as of you know the next month or so a 14-day incubation time in which yeah. um, if anyone does have it or picked it up even when they were traveling the day before there's a 14-day mm -hmm. period where you know whatever symptoms or immune response will presumably come up in that time um, I think mm -hmm. for a lot of captains it's the question of uh, should I be testing my crew and if I am testing my crew coming in um, you know, at what point do I do it or, or which test should I use? Uh, is there kind of some basic advice you can give captains who have crew coming in? I mean, they have less of a choice, I would presume, with guests, but I presume, particularly for charters, they're trying to get a certain protocol in place. What sort of mm. advice are you oh, giving had, for that? We've had vessels um, contact us because just to gain access into STP, for example, in Palma, um, where we've had to go down with our state registered uh, nurse and uh, administer the testing just for those to get just for the vessel to have access, and it's being recognised by STP and by some the health and safety uh, division. So um, yes, we're, we're busy. We've been busy. We've been busy with that for the last ten days or so. 
Okay, and um, for vessels coming in, for vessels coming in, then mm-hmm. yes, you, you yeah, but, uh, for a, a testing Some, regime, it's can, regularity. Can I say something? Yeah, certainly. <laughs> I would say that summarizing uh, testing is necessary. Uh, testing is not one hundred percent accurate and has its limitations. Mm-hmm. Each type of test gives you valuable information and doesn't give other information. And I think that combining of different types of testing gives very valuable information. But whoever is doing the testing should assist the vessel in this. And that's why uh, when we do whatever testing we do, we take the professional on board to get the crew to know what they're doing. Okay? I think this is the most important part of the testing. Certainly, and and also to be to have someone be able to interpret the results as well. You Correct. know that the whole Correct. cycle of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is also and also, be- I would say regularity as well, because um, any test is only going to give you information of how you are at that point. Um, it wouldn't. I don't think it would be excessive to be looking at weekly tests if you've got exposure to different people. If you've got a, a yacht crew which has been isolated for three or four weeks and has had no contact with the outside world, then that's a, a different uh, scenario. But this is where we come back to the protocols and, and, and come back to boat specific, really, because we are a slightly different industry that all vessels are different. Uh, all vessels are, are pretty much run differently. And so they should be approaching this in the best possible way for that particular vessel rather than for a standard type of response, I would say. And they should maintain the, the, the health advice, if you like, for, um, from the World Health Organization, which is wash your hands for 20 seconds at a time, don't get too close to people, um, and, and that sort of, those sort of things. The, the simple stuff will help a great deal. But if you're looking into testing, regularity uh, is is a very good uh, way of, of getting some sort of picture of, of what's going on with your, your vessel. Yeah, well, and I mean, that's the other unfortunate thing is that um, we can pick it up going to a supermarket or traveling to somewhere, um, and we may have been fine the day before, but, you know, that's the challenge with this particular virus is when we might be exposed to it. So Unfortunately, um, it's the same for any disease vector you can go and be tested <laughs> that is true. and you can get the results for how you were then yeah. but how you are now is is you know it's it's another point um i don't want to make this a big sort of scare factor but it's it's that's the way you should do it it's it's the, a longer term thing that you should be looking at rather than just a snapshot and say hey we're clean great yeah. we're okay you should um keep the maintenance up and keep the um keep the awareness up and, and the, the habits, uh, the good habits up and the good protocols up to minimize your risk of actually getting it and then testing regularly, you can find out if anyone has been exposed to it. Um, I do feel sorry for the stewardesses because a lot of this is going to fall on there and they already spend so much time detailing a boat that they've now got this whole new layer of sanitary detailing. It's, it's going to be extra pressure on them. Yes, there is. That was just a yeah, there, comment. <laughs> there, there might be a level of extra, extra treatments or whatever. Uh, I don't think it's going to be so much. It's going to be on the engineer as well. I was going to say the engineer. I always feel sorry for them because I was one. <laughs> <laughs> but, but what the, the, they've got the responsibility of looking after the water, the, yeah. the clean and the and the uh, the wastewater and the 
the recreational water, the pools and the spas and things like that. Mm. Um, so there will be a little of extra work, but I think it's worth it oh, like, yeah, to keep yeah. healthy. Yeah, I mean, for the larger boats, you may even see a new position being created for a sanitation hygiene person whose responsibility is to go around disinfecting stuff. I don't know. Well, presumably even the engine room would have to be, um, because that can be kind of slightly sealed up. Yeah, but they're spotless down those engine rooms. It's incredible how clean they are. Well, we're speaking to an engineer here. Yeah, uh, it always amazes me. It's, it's uh, the... the just the level of, of, of cleanliness in, in, your, in a well-run engineering environment. Um, I, well, that's partly pride in your work and, and partly good practice because, yeah. uh, uh, you know, if you've got a dirty engine room, you don't know when something's going wrong. So um, also you do have airborne particles and possibly exposure to chemicals down there, which, uh, again, is something that you need to monitor and make sure the poor old engineer is not exposed to something that's... You know, on a, a, long, a longer term exposure could be damaging to health. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. the, you know, the, the chemicals within the air is, is just another aspect of this, this longer term monitoring and, and providing a healthy workspace, really. So, um, Francisco, can I ask you for the, the um, kind of certificate you have put together for um, health risk management, is... Um, is this focused particularly on uh, super yachts coming into the Balearics or are you kind of, this is sort of international, um, you can help organize it and, and put it in place for um, boats around the Med or Florida or how are you operating this? Uh, this one wants to be international, actually it was born international. Because obviously super yachts don't really have a base. They go everywhere and they want to go everywhere. And that was really the, what we wanted to do. We wanted to, to produce some kind of health passport that allowed boats to go uh, to any place with the minimum risk for them and with the minimum risk to the place they arrive. So actually it was born like a contingency plan so that the crew and the boats are very well prepared for whatever could happen. And then, how do you um, how do you certify? I mean, because um, I'm thinking, you know, if, if, uh, uh, certificates normally you have somebody come in and, and test it or check it or um, have a checklist of protocols. How do you incorporate? Yeah, uh, Ninety percent of the certificates is already based on actual uh, certification that is in place. And the companies we use for disinfection are already certified locally. For example, the ocean companies that we are using here are certified by the highest health department. So it's really a combination of already existing certificates of sanitation. You were mentioning the ocean earlier before. The ocean is, uh, is already a biocide which is very uh, strictly regulated. So it's not something that anybody can use on board. Okay, mm -hmm. And this really wants to allow uh, the crew to put all this mass of information together in one, in one place and with people that know and bring the information that they might need wherever they go. Because some regulations are international and they, and they will be valid in every port they go and some might be different and they might have to change from one port to another. Uh, typically, uh, probably all the European ones will be the same. And when you go to the States, there will be more changes. That's normally what happens. And presumably as well, it will be subject to 
possibly as we learn a little bit more, I mean, the CDC have, have changed uh, a number of times and updated. Is this something you yes. will kind of keep an eye on and update as new information from the World Health Office comes in or... Um, yeah, we will have to put in every, every, every update, we will have to put it in the certificate. And basically, we are seeing that all the initiatives are taking place in the industry, but not really in the boats. We are now making a team with the main uh, associations uh, and clusters in Spain to, to put this together, because obviously there will be reg international regulations for the super yachts, there will be local regulations, but there will be some overlapping in those. For example, one of the most uh, restrictive things in the boats is the space. There's no way you can, you have a sailing boat that could not even have an air handling system. So a regulation for the air handling system is very difficult when it doesn't exist. Or you have, a, you could have an enormous super yacht where where it could actually have several independent handling systems. So the protocols and the regulations for one and another boat, uh, they have to be a little bit different. Okay, so it needs to be tailored for the the yes. That's that's the big difficulty of the super yacht industry that it needs to be tailored. Yeah. Mm. Okay, but yeah. presumably then some protocols will say the same. Yeah, certainly. Yeah, most of the things will be shared, but for each boat, when when you cannot comply something, you will have to give something else instead. Steve, Sorry, I was just going to make a a quick one. Just saying that this may be a miserable point, but it's really preparing vessels and the industry for the next time this happens because everyone's been caught unawares, um, rushing to get protocols sometimes uh, ready. If you've got that prepared and ready already, the, uh, ready already, great. But the, <laughs> All right, the already. on the industry may be many, uh, minimized in the future. You've got the preparation, you've got the things in place. All you've got to do is go to the, the relevant protocol put that in place and then you're protecting yourself, your duty of care, your vessel and your crew aboard. So that's where we're trying to get. We're not trying to do a quick quick fix on this. This is a long-term thing for the industry to try and put it in a better position for the next time we get another epidemic or a pandemic. This is a worldwide industry. You can pick up, you can pick up um, disease vectors from anywhere in the world and trans, uh, transmit it or uh, move it to another port, another region, another country. Um, and we need to minimize the impact of that and be prepared for it. That's, that's really where we're driving. You're right. absolutely right. We've had several people over the last decade saying uh, pandemics are coming, pandemics are coming. We've had some very close escapes with, um, yeah, we've had SARS, we've had Ebola, and there's, no, you know, we've yeah. had some real close brushes. Um, this one, obviously... Is, is the first global one that we've had well and even on our and global even on our global level um we can see the countries that lock down very quickly that put very strict mm. measures in place early on for hygiene and protection have fared better um what's the song now uh, what a difference a day makes <laughs> <laughs> than others so you know it makes complete sense that you know if we put the protective and preventative measures in place um, it'll minimize um, the health and, and safety of those on board. And essentially, that's the biggest part of our interest and in having industry. ongoing you know, uh, regimes like we're talking about here uh, to mitigate future, uh, 
future outbreaks of whatever. And the flexibility to respond very quickly when something mm. comes up. It's not so easy for a legislative body to to pass down new um, protocols and, and, and things, whereas the industry itself can be very reactive uh, and force it from that direction. We can do a lot more with the protocols um, very quickly than necessarily could be enforced by an international body and the ratification which can take so long. Um, there's no problem with ratifying good things from uh, the IMO and stuff like that. They do a fantastic job, but it, that process inherently is, is relatively slow. So the, the reactivity and the flexibility of the industry has to come in place here to, to prepare ourselves and then react if or when something does happen. Yeah, we've, we've seen from loads of different governments uh, different rates of response and they've got loads of other considerations. And I, I think you're right, you know, from the industry level to have something that we can very quickly put in place and, and get going is, is crucial. Yep, we, we like to compare it with a fire system. It should be there, but hoping not, not to ever use it. Okay. Yeah, it's a little bit like our vacuum cleaner at home. Should be there, but I don't want to ever use it. <laughs> I was trying to get the analogy. I'm, I was lost looking and I'm going, he doesn't use it. <laughs> yeah, let's not get into a domestic. Me <laughs> 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 confused. What is an analogy the common man can understand? Um, You're taking a risk getting into that subject. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, we are just about to hit the top of the hour and the news, but um, for those of the uh, I'm, I'm afraid to leave the conversation now. <laughs> who are tuned in, um, uh, if they want to find out more or understand a little bit more, they can just go to your website, Atlante Marine Absolutely. Solutions. Um, no, AtlanticGroup.com. Atlantic oh, Atlantic Group. Oh, sorry, AtlanticGroup.com. And, yeah, uh, and that's all of these. you can go to atlanticgroup.com there you will find the health and safety division and once you click there you will start getting the information you need and the contact and mm -hmm. you can access to the professionals and they will tell you everything you need okay. uh, it's a great initiative I think uh, we certainly need that uh, thank you so much for stepping us through it yeah, and, we uh, appreciate your time guys Franca Francesco Paluth, Peter Firth, and Steve Worrell from the Atlantic Group. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you from all the Atlantic team. Thank you. You are listening to Super Yacht Radio.